Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going down, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Commander Ad Populum. Together we are Commander for the people, by the people, for the people. This is episode 92. My name is Ryan. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. If you're a returning listener, big thank you to all the Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash cadpopcast, of which we have two new ones to thank. First up, Owen McCusker. Welcome. Thank you. Great to have you. You have my undying support, as does Papa Dio hopped over from the Commander Cookout Patreon and Discord to support. He's got a deck in. That's going to be next Friday's deck tech, so stay tuned for that. Happy that those are moving along. Happy to feature the audience's decks, the listeners, the community's decks. And speaking of the decks, don't forget you can get all the cards I talk about every second Friday and today with with the set retrospective. You can get all those cards from our official sponsors, FusionGamingOnline.com. They're your source for all of your gaming needs, your deck tech needs, your set retro needs that we're talking about today. It's Morning Tide, FYI. But... In regards to the actual deck techs, happy to announce I've been working with a community member who's who's come to me and said he wants to learn how to edit. So we've been working back and forth. Big thanks to Tyler Coates. He is the one solely responsible for getting the deck techs moving for the YouTube launch that's upcoming. I'm going to say by the beginning to middle of November. I've got some stuff to clean up on the YouTube channel for its launch. He's got some great ideas, great ambition, great to work with somebody who is actually that that wants to learn a new skill and become part of the community and show something off. It's been great. So Tyler, huge thank you. If you see him kicking around the Discord, give him your thanks. Once the videos launch, shoot him a message, tell him he's doing a great job. I'm super happy with how the videos look. We've got two in the bag already. So by the time the YouTube channel launches, I'm hoping to have three Papa Dio's next week might be actually when the channel launches. So stay tuned to the channel at CAD Popcast on Twitter, Commander Ad Populum on Facebook. There'll be announcements and of course I'll announce on the the that show or the next show whenever it launches. So super exciting for me. I'm always so grateful that people want to tune in and, and people want to listen and people want to help. And that a little bit is what today's community section is about. So I guess I guess let's get to it. A few days back, or last week, I was approached by one Andrew Thompson. And I want to make sure that I say this right. He is from, or he is the curator of Schmandrew Art. That's the first time I've said it out loud, so I hope I got it. I've, I've said it in my head sort of over the last few days as I was putting some ideas together on how I wanted to present this. Anyways, Andrew and his partner Louise, and I promised that I would nail the last name, so bear with me, Louise Uzkatagi. I hope I got it. I hope I got it. They run Creatives Commander Knight. 
It's a Twitch channel. Link will be in the notes, of course, where they highlight other creators, other altruists, other people that are making magic content in the community with a particular focus, it seems like, on people that make art because Andrew is an actual artist. He does pop art. It's beautiful. It is exactly the kind of stuff that is my style and and love to look at, love to feature. I've got folders of this kind of stuff that I'm saving or or finding cards for to paint onto my own magic cards because I love the style so much. So me and him got to talking and it's the kind of thing like Tyler and I, now he's editing videos for me, we get to talking and I say, hey, I had this community submitted logo for the show. Do you want to take a look? Do you want to give me some some pointers? I want to, you know, branch off, change up the Patreon logo, change up the YouTube logo, whatever it is. So he offers to take a look. He offers to add, do some edits, right? And it's all about networking and not for, not always for purposes of promotion. And that's maybe what people think when, when they hear crossover this or got a shout out there for promotional purposes. No, it's about making better content. It's about branching out in the community, learning new skills like Tyler did, getting actual professional advice from an adjunct professor of arts from the Columbus College of Art. So that to me is one of the reasons that I started Commander Ad Populum to, to, for lack of a better term, again, it's not for promotional purposes, to network, is to meet people out in the community and together as one magic community, make each other better, make the content better, make the attitude towards magic and from within the community and the attitude towards gaming from outside of the community to raise that ground floor so we can all live more harmoniously together within the community especially on twitter lately man i'm telling you but also if i do a show like this or what i have a few shows in my mind like commander ad popular episodes in my mind that i point to when non-magic people say hey what do you do can I listen to your cast I send them and and they're the ones where I talk about you know gaming helping people and and the way that magic players that I've featured in the past have used games to help people so that's the greater the greater topic at hand but back to Andrew back to creatives commander night Friday night 8 p.m eastern standard time and I don't want it to sound like a commercial because it's not but if you've ever if you've ever come across any of the following people on Twitter, Vorthos Mike, Pixie Kitten, Magic the Flavoring, Commander Social has been featured on the channel, like those guys for sure. Jeremy Knoll, the video demands are all there. Again, the Twitch, the Twitch link will be in the show notes and in the CAD Pop community section. I'll tag all these people on Twitter. And a link to Andrew's website to check out his art because he's done some some work for, it looked like local Commander Knights, but he's done work for Lucasfilm. He's done work for CrossFit Games in 2015. And again, I love the style and that's why I wanted to showcase somebody else's art for a change. And that's that's kind of the next point I want to make is if you're a creator... Especially if you're, especially if you're a newer or less established one, or you want some advice, you want some more eyes on you. Maybe, maybe some of the CAD Pop audience can turn their attention to you if I have you or if I feature you on the show. So if that's you, get at me like Andrew did. And originally his at of me was to to get me onto his Twitch channel, but everybody knows my internet's not that good, so we're working that out still. 
But the more I checked out the channel, the more it was the more it was of interest to me, and the more I wanted to talk about it and talk about crossover and offer other creators that don't have as big of a platform as as Andrew does or myself do to get at me and we'll collaborate and we'll again raise the ground floor of the content if you're just getting in you're on the ground floor let's raise it up let's make it better let's educate you so when you when you launch or when you when you release that first video or that first podcast or that first piece of writing you've got eyes on it you've got a critical kind of audience that can help you Maybe get you in touch with an editor if you write. Maybe do a tips and tricks type of thing on stream for for new creators. That would be a stream that I would love to be on because I podcast lots and I edit my own stuff lots and I'm learning how to do video still. I'm not very good and I don't have the best equipment in any stretch of the imagination for any form of content that I do, but I make it work. And that's part of learning how to be a content creator if you don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars doing it. So like I said, if you're getting in on the ground floor, get at me at CADPopCast on Twitter. Send me an email, CADPopCast at gmail.com or shoot me a message on Facebook through the Commander Ed Populum Facebook page or just get at me, Ryan Paneff. My, my DMs are open. My friend requests are open. If you look like a magic player or if we have mutual friends, I'll friend you. If you're a cam girl, probably won't friend you. Andrew Thompson, thank you for reaching out. We are going to collab in the future as soon as we can figure out what to do with internet. For anybody who's asking about games and my internet and offering to test and stuff, thank you for that too. We found out that Whereby and Zoom like work okay. Spell table, completely off the table. And my buddies Evan and Smitty were telling me a little bit about how the website works and how they feed the videos in and out and what they do on their back end versus what my computer and internet has to do. And spell table, not a chance. Zoom, whereby, still works. We just don't have the life totals and card recognition, but we all talk, so I'm sure we can figure it out. So I hope nobody ever feels like they can't contact me, they can't send me an email, they can't get at me, even if I don't reply right away because I'm sleeping or whatever, if you're overseas or whatever it is, get at me, we'll set something up, we'll make it work. Commander Ad Populum is commander for the people. That is the people who make content. That is the people who consume content. That is the people who are thinking about doing either. So that all being said, let's get to today's set retro morning tide just after this. So again, we're we're I'm I'm kind of experimenting with how to format these set retros and I want to make them make sense to people. So before we were kind of doing the mechanics that were introduced and then going to the cards, well, I kind of want to mix it up and give you some of the info and then lead that into mechanics. So let's get to it. Magic's 44th expansion, that is Morning Tide. It's the second set in the Lorwyn block and remember they did that super block where it was Lorwyn Morning Tide and then Shadowmore Eventide same plane big set little set big set little set and there was like seven trillion cards in standard so that's where we're at and this is February 1st 2008 when this is launched 150 cards so you you know you have you have a set with 150 cards it doesn't seem like there's a lot of cards in standard but remember time spiral block Lorwyn, Morning Tide, Shadowmore, Eventide, and M10. Not, no, not M10. 
10th edition, that's what it was, all in standard at the same time. And then when Time Spiral rotated out, Shards of Valara rotated in, and that was another big set. So all these big sets all the time. Anyways, what made Morning Tide interesting, to me anyways, was it was tribal, just like Lorwyn was, and just like Onslaught was before it. But instead of races, it was classes that they focused on. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Like Lorwyn before it, and I don't think I mentioned this last week, Shat- Morning Tide came with 16 card boosters. And this was the first year that they did this, and it was either a randomly inserted, like, tips reminder card, or a token that some of the cards made in the set. So this is when you could start to get tokens. It, players take it for granted now, I think you can get tokens all the time, and they're like almost like throwaways, right? But this was the first, 2008 was like the first time that you could get these. So just a little piece of magic trivia or interesting thing. I think Lorwyn was the first time they did it and then it continued in Morning Tide and from then on out it continued all the time. And now I think you get a token in every pack unless there's some other, you know, punch out card or or, or infect counter thing that you get or whatever. Anyways, I mentioned tribes, races, classes. Okay, so During the grand creature type update of, what was it, 6th edition or whatever, all the creatures were errated if they didn't have already to include a race and a class. If something used to just be an elf, for example, in 6th edition it was updated to become an elf druid or an elf warrior, goblin warrior, human knight, human soldier, etc. So there's a race, that is human, and then there's a class, soldier. So that's what I mean by race and class. So... The the races, the tribal races in Lorwyn were Kithkin, Merfolk, Fairies, Elementals, Goblins, Giants, Tree Folk, and Elves. Those are the same things or, or the same races that are carried through all throughout the, the mega Lorwyn Shadowmoor blocks. But in Morningtide, it was soldiers, shamans, wizards, warriors, and rogues. And you'll notice that there's five classes as compared to the eight races that I mentioned. So you get some crossover and that's what made made the standard and the limited environment interesting is because you could you could play rogues just like you can play rogues in commander now that now that party is a thing and rogues are a little bit of a thing in Zendikar Rising. Rogues are a thing and you have an incidental human or an incidental elf rogue is or or the class is what we care about it's like saying it's like saying oh this is my human deck and then you have a card with prowl which we'll talk about that just incidentally is good with with your rogue but morning tide flipped that around and they said rogue is what's important and if it's a if it's a kithkin or if it's a if it's a goblin or whatever that's what's incidental so it's a little bit of an interesting change i hope that makes sense to people i think it's cool so the mechanics Prowl, I mentioned it just a couple seconds ago. It's an alternate cost that you can play a spell with if if a creature you control that's a rogue dealt combat damage to somebody this turn. Not a super relevant ability, but we're going to look at some cards that have Prowl when we hit the cards because rogues are a thing right now with Zendikar Rising and, and that new rogue commander that was in the pre-con or whatever, usually it involved playing that alternate cost that was cheaper, but you had to deal combat damage with a rogue. So we're going to leave it at that, and then then we're going to revisit it when we hit the cards. Next up is Kinship, is an ability which means at the beginning of your upkeep, you may look at the top card of your library. If it shares a creature type with whatever card you have that has Kinship, 
you may reveal it. If you do, you get some effect. So I don't think that any kinship cards see play in Commander, but when we hit one in, in the cards, we'll definitely, we'll read it. Finally, we've got Reinforce. Only three abilities here because 150 cards, right? There's not a whole ton of room to fit a bunch of stuff in. And I think that there was some carryover of the, the Lorwyn mechanics from last set too. So Reinforce is an activated ability, which means Reinforce N and then some mana cost. So you can pay this card's Reinforce cost and discard it from your hand whenever you could play an instant, okay? If you do, put N plus 1 plus 1 counters on target creature. So it's kind of like Forecast, it's kind of like Bolster, it's kind of like, I don't know, there's some cost to adding N number of counters to something, and sure, that's great, but again, not that popular, so I'm not going to spend that much time on it. When we see a card that has it, we'll hit it. A couple of the cycles that we're going to look at, there was Tribal Equipment that equipped two creatures of a certain tribe, remember, certain class, not race, that all, or, or at least a good number of them see play. There was bannerets. These, I think these reduced the casting costs of creatures based on their race or their class. And we'll, we'll probably hit up those because I think like Stony Brook banneret was, was the, was the merfolk one. And I think that that one was good. There was more changelings and changelings fit into everything race and class. So they fit into everything and changelings are still a popular tribe because in under service tribes, you can fit changelings in and they kind of act as anything you want. And remember Lorwyn, Morningtide, Shadowmoor, Eventide is where changelings first came from. So not just Modern Horizons, not just anywhere else like Commander products or whatever where you've seen a changeling. No, you got to go all the way back to Lorwyn in 2007, Morningtide 2008 to find these things. So those are the ones of note. Lots of cycles in here. Most of them are in there only for limited purposes because it's a tribal set. So we're not going to spend a bunch of time on them. We're going to get to the cards right now. And we're going to start with the three legendary creatures that were in here. First of which is Marilyn the Morn Song. And look out for Marilyn Spike now that we've got that card from Commander Legends that doesn't let opponents search their library in black because Marilyn says it's an elf wizard. 2-3 for black, black, 1. Players can't draw cards. All right, that sounds good. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player loses 3 life, searches their library for a card, puts it into their hand, then shuffles their library. So with that new card, I don't remember what it's called. It doesn't, it doesn't super matter. It doesn't let your opponent search libraries. And if they would, we search for them and we can play their card with our mana for them. So Marilyn and that card go hand in hand. But Marilyn for a while... Like Ashling the Pilgrim last week, Marilyn for a while had a meme deck. And essentially it was Marilyn, every black ritual, every zero drop that you could put in a deck, ad nauseum, every tutor, and like 80 swamps. And you would just use your your rituals to power out Marilyn, power out ad nauseum. The total pips in your deck wouldn't add up to 40. So you could draw your entire deck. And then you drop a Glacial Chasm and then you drop a Sickening Dreams. And that's th that meme deck is kind of where I got the, the idea for my lands deck. Because I wanted to do that trick, but not in mono black. So super cool. If you just Google like Marilyn ad nauseum deck, you'll you'll see like Marilyn 98 swamps and ad nauseum or whatever. And a, and a, and a wind condition, whatever it is, right? 
the deck that I thought up one time had like Zurn Orb and Dark Sphere and Lotus Petal and a bunch of rituals. It doesn't matter how many things you pack in as long as the total CMC of your entire deck when it's added up is less than 40 so you can draw the entire thing with Ad Nauseam. Pretty, pretty cool. Next commander is Reese the Exiled. Originally we saw Reese the Redeemed and Lorwyn, right? Or maybe we haven't seen him yet. I don't know. This is Reese the Exiled. This is a 3-2 Elf Warrior for green 2. Whenever Reese the Exiled attacks, you may you gain 1 life for each Elf you control. So Golgari Elf Tribal, sure. And you can pay black, sacrifice an Elf to regenerate Reese the Exiled. So if you're into Elves, if you're in Golgari Colors, whether he's your commander or just in the 99... Either way, I kind of play Elf Ball Hogak. Maybe this would be a good card for that deck now that I'm looking at it. And finally, maybe the most realist of commanders. This is Vendelian Click. This is a 3-1 Flash Flying Fairy Wizard for blue, blue, one. When it enters the battlefield, look at the target player's hand. You may choose a non-land card from it. If you do, that player reveals the chosen card and puts it on the bottom of their library, then draws a card. And this is kind of a meme combo too with Tunnel Vision, where... You name a card, target opponent Target opponent reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal the named card, and then they mill the rest. So if you can Vendelian click something to the bottom, like a non-land to the bottom, and then you tunnel vision them, they'll mill their whole deck immediately. So this is a little bit of a meme combo, meme deck from back in the day, like 2009 or 10, when Commander first started to, to gain popularity in greater magic circles. This was a deck that people did that. And it was the standard mono blue counter everything. You could, at the time, you could play Telerian Academy. So you could hit that six CMC tunnel vision mana cost like really quick. So pretty interesting combo, pretty interesting set of legendary creatures, despite only being three. <laughs> so onto the cards proper, the very first one, part of a cycle that we were talking about. This is Bally Rush Banneret. This is a Kithkin soldier, two one for two. For white one, Kithkin spells and soldier spells you cast cost one less to cast. Now, who cares about Kithkins? They're sort of a throwaway tribe until we see them again in Commander Legends or when we go back to Lorwyn. But making soldiers cost less is important for soldier tribal. So that's an example of the banneret. It's part of a cycle. There's one for every every color in this case. But the thing to remember about it is they care about classes like soldiers, like wizards, not just the race of the creature. The same is true for Sen's Tactician, part of a cycle. You can pay one, tap, put a plus one, plus one counter on target soldier. Each creature you control with a plus one counter on it can block an additional creature. This is kind of a cool card in soldier decks. It's a Kithkin soldier, 1-1 one, one for 1, so it's going to hit the ground early, going to start putting counters on tokens or what have you. Now, here is an excellent one. This is our first actually really good playable card in Idyllic Tutor, a sorcery that you search your library for an enchantment card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle for white and two. This was reprinted in Theros Beyond Death, or no, M21, and one of those two. And first time it, would ever, it had ever seen a reprint, so prior to that reprint, it was like 27 bucks because it had only ever been printed in Morning Tide. And I think the Morning Tide foils are still pretty expensive. I want to say they're around like 40, 40, 45 bucks. Anyways, here's our next actually commander playable card in Revelark, or Reviark as some people say. Depends, I think, on how far south you live where the L's, double L's, start to sound like a Y. Revelark, where I'm from, I think. Anyways, 4-3 Elemental that flies for white, 
Four, when it leaves play, return up to two target creatures with power two or less from the graveyard to the battlefield, and it has evoke. And you can evoke it for white five. So pay six, you put it into play, it immediately dies, you get two things back. So this is a combo card where you can loop like Rev- Revelark and like a Karmic Guide. When one enters the battlefield, it gets another one back, it immediately dies, it gets two things back, but you can sacrifice something in response and then you get those things that you sacrificed back. It's a whole combo. You can look up Revelark combos and, and there's thousands of them, I, I would wager. Okay, on to blue. We've got Declaration of Naught. And listen to this Listen to this mana cost and tell me what you think. This is blue, blue. Full stop. Okay, our, our ears are perked. This is an enchantment that when it enters a battlefield, you name a card and you can pay blue to counter a spell with the named name, like you counter the named card. So kind of a little bit of a troll card, kind of a staxy card. This is kind of the thing that you keep in your hand maybe until one player's left at the table and you just put it down on the table and you name their commander, for example. So I, I don't know if anybody plays that, but it's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Okay, here's here's a kinship card. Here we go. This is Ink Dissolver. This is a 2-1 Merfolk Wizard for blue one kinship. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may look at the top card of your library. If it shares a creature type with Ink Dissolver, either Merfolk or Wizard, remember, you may reveal it. If you do, each opponent puts the top three cards of their library into their graveyard. That would go maybe in a Wizard deck, maybe a Mill deck. If you're going to play something like Memory Erosion or or the, the one where at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep they mill two, this maybe could go in there too. Again, I don't think that I would play it, but I wanted to exemplify kinship for everybody that i think is about on par with the other kinship cards in regards to power maybe the gob maybe there's a goblin that that is a little bit more powerful we'll give him a read but we've got a prowl card next and this is knowledge exploitation this is a tribal sorcery rogue so it's a it's it's got rogue subtype and a super type of tribal cool it costs blue blue five but it has Prowl for blue 3, which means you may play this for its Prowl cost if you dealt damage to a player this turn with a Rogue. Sorry, I said combat damage before. It's not combat damage. I read that wrong before. Search target opponent's library for an instant or sorcery, and you can play that card without paying its mana cost. Then that player shuffles their library. So you can just dig into somebody's library for for 4 mana, cast their thing if you hit them with a rogue so this goes in rogue tribal decks there's only a few prowl cards that i think are good even if you are playing a dedicated rogue strategy maybe that'll be bolstered a little bit with commander legends because and and over the next year because of the party mechanic and it cares about rogues maybe there's maybe there's going to be some new prowl things or maybe just better rogues we'll have to see all right, first hidden gem, I think. This is Sage of Fables. This is a Merfolk Wizard, 2-2 two, two for 3. Each other wizard you control comes into the battlefield with an additional plus 1 counter on it. So, it's already going to buff your wizards. I think I might want to play this in Mistform Ultimus, but I'm not sure. The other ability is to remove a plus 1 from a creature you control, draw a card. So, if you're playing some form of wizard tribal or plus 1, plus 1 shenanigans, you're in blue, maybe you're playing Simic, what have you. Pay two, remove a counter, draw a card. That's a good deal. That's a good deal, especially on a three-mana body. 
So look look into that one for sure. Okay, next one with Evoke. Here we go. This is Slither Muse, and this is another EDH playable. This is a 3-3 elemental for four. When it enters the battle... No, when it leaves the battlefield, because it has Evoke... When it leaves the battlefield, choose an opponent. If that player has more cards in hand than you, draw cards equal to the difference. And it has evoke for four again, blue three. So you pay four and you can have it just die and then you draw a bunch of cards That when your hand's empty or when your hand is reduced. That's a good deal. I know lots of Animar decks play that because they can just drop it for blue and let it die and then draw cards because we combo out as Animar and we deplete our hand. That can let us fill back up to six or seven or whatever. So I mentioned Stony Brook Banneret. That's the island walking merfolk wizard cost reducing part of that cycle. Anyways, on to black. And here's our next super mega awesome prolific in every format it's ever been in. Almost. This is Bitter Blossom. Not to mention the Rebecca Gay art. Very excellent. This is an enchantment. Tribal enchantment fairy. For black one, at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose a life and you get a 1-1 black flying fairy rogue creature token onto the battlefield. Oh baby, free, free, let's call it free fairy with flying every single turn. Anointed procession that, doubling season that, skull clamp it to draw cards, you're drawing three cards a turn now. This card is powerful and at the cost of one life... If you're just chump blocking with those fairies, you're not taking damage from attackers. So that one life that you lose pays for itself in combat damage that these fairies are saving you. Very powerful card, whichever way you spin it. On on such a small little tight-knit package, like it's it's quite an amazing thing that something so small that actually damages you is so elegant and so good and reaches so deep into and and so wide into other magic formats that's a good one shout out to the art on pulling teeth i'm just gonna leave that there and i'm just gonna scroll on (laughs) never mind about that we're gonna go right to red because red i think has a couple really good giants i didn't mention the giants in lorwyn there was a couple, we got a couple more now, so we're starting to be able to build giant tribal. If you remember the Kalemne Boros giant tribal deck from C15, a lot of the giants in there were actually reprints from Lorwyn and Morningtide. This is Borderland Behemoth. It's a 4-4 for red, red 5. <laughs> so a 4-4 trampler, I should say, for 7. It gets plus 4, plus 4 for each other giant you control. And giants get a lot better when you can pair them with little tiny little measly changelings. Like you can put down your 1-1 changeling for 1 and give your borderland behemoth plus 4 plus 4. You can clone it, give it plus 8 plus 8. Like very good. Next one is Countryside Crusher. This is a 3-3 giant warrior for red red 1. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it into your graveyard and repeat the process. So land mill yourself. Lord Windgrace decks might be into this card. Also, whenever a land card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, put a plus one plus one counter on Countryside Crusher. So Lord Windgrace decks are definitely into this. I think that might be a little bit of a hidden gem. Omnath decks maybe. Anything that plays Splendid Reclamation. So your Gruel land decks. Pretty cool. Anyways, this is our our next guy here. This is Sensation Gorger. This is the other kinship one. And this goes, shout out to Brando. This is one of his favorite arts in all of magic. This is a 2-2 Goblin Shaman for Red Red 1. It's got kinship. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may look at the top card of your library. If it shares a creature type with Sensation Gorger, you may reveal it. If you do, each player discards their hand 
and draws four. <laughs> what? So lots of times it's going to get people. Lots of times it's going to draw us cards. We'll just plow our hand out onto the battlefield. We're playing goblins. We don't care. Sensation Gorger, reveal a goblin, draw four. It's pretty good. Pretty cool. Okay, maybe last last or second last red card. We've got Shared Animosity. This was recently reprinted in C20 because it was getting up to be 15 or 17 bucks or so. This is an enchantment for red two. Whenever a creature you control attacks, it gets plus one plus zero until end of turn for each other attacking creature that shares a creature type with it. I use this in Pramacon Persistent Petitioners. Everybody thinks I'm going to mill. I got like f- five or six petitioners i'll drop my shared animosity and i'll just swing in for like 30 or or whatever so that's a kind of a cool little trick i do in that deck it's unexpected they think they're gonna die of mill so they tap out they don't leave any blockers i drop my shared animosity and good night very excellent let's go on to green this is let's get on to green this is chameleon colossus this is a this is a shapeshifter so it's all creature types it's got changeling protection from black and you can pay four to double its power essentially until end of turn green green two to double its power double its power and it's a four four for four to start so pretty powerful body pretty cool we've got deglamour this is this is an instant that makes your opponent shuffle an artifact or enchantment into their their library so it's a way to get around stuff that has indestructible because it shuffles it back in super high utility on that card we have Recross the Paths. That was an all-star card in the Zero Land deck that we brewed on Commander Cookout a few weeks back. I encourage everybody to listen to it. It's a Child of Alara Zero Lands deck. And we have the original printing of Scape Shift in Morning Tide. This is an awesome card. Hella powerful. This is green, green, two. Sacrifice any number of lands. Search your library for that many land cards. Put them onto the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. So this goes right along with Splendid Reclamation. This would go right alongside with that Countryside Crusher I mentioned a couple minutes ago. Very excellent. But let's move on to artifacts because this is where we've got the 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 enchantments that or sorry the the artifacts that care about the creature classes. We've got cloak and dagger, diviner's wand, diviner's wand, however which way, obsidian obsidian battle axe, thornbite staff, and veterans armaments, and they equip for free whenever a rogue wizard warrior shaman or soldier enters the battlefield kind of one kind of one class for each color right it's kind of how they spun it and cloak and dagger gives plus two plus oh and shroud diviner's wand whenever you draw a card the creature the equipped creature gets plus one plus oh and gains flying and you can pay four to draw a card obsidian battle axe is plus two plus one in haste it's an excellent one in in mistform ultimus i might add thornbite staff is two tap this creature deals one damage to target creature or player, and whenever a creature is put into the graveyard, untap this creature. So it makes it makes all of your cre- or whatever the equipped creature it, it makes them into a goblin sharpshooter. This is a combo one where you can make a dude and auto equip the thornbite staff, tap it, sacrifice it so it untaps. This is this is a combo piece too. You can look up thornbite staff combos, and you can find a whole slew of things. And then veterans armaments is. Whenever this creature attacks or blocks, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each attacking creature. So a good way to pump one guy, one soldier, because it'll equip to a soldier for free. Now, the last little bit here, we have got 
four lands in this deck, four of them total. We've got Murmuring Bosk. This is an interesting one. It's a land forest, so it's fetchable. This is a, maybe a little bit of a hidden gem, but it enters the battlefield tapped unless you reveal a tree folk card from your hand. So under normal circumstances, normal use of this card, this is going to enter the battlefield tapped. Why it's important that it's a forest is because it adds green to your mana pool, as do all forests, but you can also add a white or a black to your mana pool and it deals one damage to you. So this is a fetchable tri-land, sort of, with a downside, right? It is comparable to the triomes from Ikoria, in which you can fetch, they enter the battlefield tapped, those ones don't deal one damage to you, they're fetchable for all three of their land types, versus just Murmuring Bosk being fetchable by, by being a forest, and then Murmuring Bosk has the upside of if you are playing Tree Folk. You might be, you might not be, so I thought, that, thought it was cool, worth a mention for sure. Mutavault, that's our next one. This is the first printing of Mutavault, and I want to say, I don't know, one of the best man lands ever, one of the best creature lands, I should say. It adds a colorless, or you can pay colorless, and it becomes a 2-2 creature with all creature types until end of turn. That's still a land. So it can boost up your shared animosity or your coat of arms. Things that care about creature types will see Mutavault, and you can tap itself for mana and then turn itself into a creature. So nifty little card, cool little tricks that you can do. I play it in Zada because I can turn it in itself into a mana, and then it's another creature for Zada to radiate or replicate with. And it is a goblin in Zada, which some things care about. Pretty cool. We've got Primal Beyond. That's our next one. This is a non-basic when it enters a battlefield. You can reveal an elemental card from your hand. If you don't, it enters a battlefield tapped. So similar to Murmuring Bosk, this will go in your five color like Horde of Notions decks or your elemental decks in general. Maybe your, your four color, three color Omnath decks care about this card. It taps for a colorless or you can tap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, but you can only spell, you can only use this to cast elemental spells or activate abilities on elementals. So it really does care about Elemental Tribal, of which, remember, Omnath is, Horde of Notions is, Horde of Notions is Wooburg, get target Elemental from your graveyard back. You could use this to, to bolster that mana base. So, cool card. Last one is Rustic Clachan. Sure. Enters the battlefield, you may reveal a Kithkin card. If you don't, enters battlefield tap. So this is always coming into the battlefield tap, always. Taps for a white, or you can reinforce one by discarding this card and paying white one to give target creature, it doesn't matter. This card is never going to see play. If you have a Kithkin deck, maybe at me, maybe I'll feature that deck. I don't know, probably not. But that's the set, that's Morning Tide. There is a bunch of good tribal stuff in this set, just like in Lorwyn, just like there's going to be in Shadowmoor and Eventide. I know I, I kind of beat it home that it's about the, the class, not just about the race, but... There are cards that care about the race, and of course there are lots of elves, merfolk, goblins, shamans, wizards, rogues, what have you in the set, and there are lots of powerful cards, including all three of the commanders that have some niche use or some actual funny and maybe even good meme usages. So I encourage everybody to check it out. If you're interested in picking up any of the cards that we've talked about today, head on over to FusionGamingOnline.com. Get them in your cart or set a wish list reminder. I just got a wish list card 
email that, that, that I'll be picking up just today, actually, just before I started recording. And if you do end up picking up anything from Fusion, make sure you leave them a note right at checkout that Ryan from Commander Ad Populum sent you. Helps the show out a lot. I really appreciate the support that way. If you're not a patron, that's a great way to support the show in addition to the likes and the upvotes and the follows and, and the retweets and all that stuff. If you're going to buy cards anyways, especially if you're in Canada because the shipping's cheap, it's very fast. And again, I'm not a commercial, like I said at the top of the show, I'm not, but it does help support the show if you do that. I mentioned the patrons, big thank you to all the Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash cadpopcast. You guys do make it possible. And big thank you to Andrew Thompson for, for reaching out, getting at me. One of the things that he said to me, we're messaging back and forth quite a bit, but one of the things he said to me is with, with the shutdown of everything globally for a while and what have you, the pandemic, all that, as an artist, as a professor, as somebody who works with, on, for the arts, creation and creating stuff, part of how he makes his living is going to shows and conventions and 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 everybody can relate because we're not going to Magic Fest right now like Andrew isn't going to conventions and shows right now. So links to all this stuff will be in the show notes. I implore everybody to check it out. Check out the guests that he's had. All of them will be tagged again. I love when people reach out and I can feature some new story or some new thing, piece of content, some good in the world that's been opened up to me through doing this show. So if that's you, if you've got something that you want me to share, get at me at cadpopcast or send me an email cadpopcast at gmail.com and we will figure out a way to get it on the air. And with that, everybody, I will see you next Wednesday. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.